What's up, everybody? We are back from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalkInc.com. I am your host, David. I am joined with today, Ryan, the pun master. Go for it. Star Wars. We're going to talk about Star Wars. And this is the May. You've had better days, Ryan. You've had better days. And, And Leo, what do you got? I got nothing. At the rise thing, I'm not even gonna waste my breath on. I've been preparing all week for Ryan's pun. I was waiting for it. I was like, I know he's gonna have a great one because for the Star Wars Dave ones, he's had some good ones. Um, I would I would rate this a solid seven out of out of out of your puns. I mean, he definitely zoned by singing it. Yes, yes, that's what led him to the seven that he was that he did sing it. Uh, I thought that this is the May was a nice touch at the end. I think <laughs> that should bring me to an eight. Yes. All right. Fine. You, you've convinced me. You're you're up to an eight. Uh, so we are celebrating Star Wars Day today. One of the best days of the year. One of the one of the best holidays, unofficial holidays of the year, by ranking our top ten favorite and least favorite Star Wars characters. I looking back at all the Star Wars episodes we've done. I can't believe this is not one we've ever done before. So this yeah. sh- this should be fun. You're I, welcome. I yeah, this is all this is all Ryan. So kudos to Ryan. Uh, I have a lot of hot takes. I can't wait for you guys to eviscerate me. <laughs> I I yeah, this should be a fun one. But before we get into that, let's get into the news of the week. Uh, starting off with a sequel series that I know Ryan has been wanting, Leo has been wanting, and I think Jenny has been wanting, even though she's not on this on the show today. We're getting a Flintstone sequel series, almost sixty years later, called Bedrock. Live action? Uh, animated. Oh, okay, cool. I'm yes. on for it. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's going to be produced by Elizabeth Banks, and she, I believe she is also playing Pebbles. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm all in on it, to be honest with you. I, I love the Flintstones. So. And Jenny just came into the living room to let me know that there is a Flintstones movie where Pebbles is married to Bam Bam, and she wanted everyone mm-hmm. to know that. You knew about that too, right? Yeah. Oh, cool. So, Rai, uh, I guess you're all on, all in on this, right? I'm just worried about the animation style. I mm-hmm. hope they do kind of uh, old yeah. school, like for it, you know, pay homage. But so it's not like the weird new style that they like to go to. I'm the only like I agree with you. What helps me with my concern is: Have you seen how great the Rugrats animation is for the new series coming? Uh, no, I have not. It looks incredible. It looks really, really good. It's modern, modernized. Uh, animation but it looks fantastic yeah it, hopefully uh, go they ahead. do like animaniacs like animaniacs is a little bit modernized but you can tell it's still like the old school i saw a few i saw like an episode or two with jenny and i i, I thought the animation was solid on there so if it's something like that uh, i'm all in uh next bit of news is dc news finn finn whitrock has been cast as guy gardner in the green lantern series yay or nay that's such a good casting that's a, that's a great casting right what do you think 
I don't know much about the uh, actor, but I will say I'm happy to see Guy Gardner. Just, cocky just, asshole. just watch every single se- every single season of American Horror Story, and you're good to go. It's funny because Guy Gardner was in, always oh, he's, uh, in the first one. He's using a. Pre- oh no, he wasn't in the first one. Actually, he wasn't in, in American Horror Story. No, I, one. I think his first one was uh, uh, Freak Show. And then, oh, and I hardly remember and that then one. He's been. I think he's been in every season since. And he was also in Amer- uh, the assassination of Versace as well. He's in a lot, so it, it's funny because like with Guy Gardner, when I read them in the comics a few times, like every time he came on like in the comics, I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> and, and I think I think Finn Whitrock evokes the same feeling for me. Yeah, like he has a very punchable face. Be- I I'm glad you brought that up because um I my 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 binge that i like to watch when i just want one you know if i'm working and i just want to have some background noise i just love rewatching episodes of comic book men and last week there was an episode where someone wanted to buy the first appearance of guy gardner and all the guys on the, in the in the stash are shitting on the the buyer because guy gardner is known as this giant asshole so yeah. <laughs> the guy the, the guy that's buying he's like yeah i relate to guy gardner he's like you relate to the asshole like so, I, it's funny that you mentioned that. So that yeah, I, I I dig the casting, and then the other one is for a show that Leo watches, and I think Rye watches. So Vincent Carthizer, did I say it right? Is going to play the Scarecrow in season three of Titans. Yeah, dude, that's Buffy the Vampire Slayer alumni right there. That's uh Angel's son. <laughs> oh wow! So you... oh Connor, Connor, yeah Connor, he got cast. He got cast as uh as Scarecrow. Oh right on! Now I definitely. Hey, we have to catch up on Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I have to get past episode two, and maybe, maybe I'll get there eventually. Season three should be around the corner, though. So, uh, looking forward to that. The I cast... just want Doom Patrol to come back. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, Doom Patrol had a really good ending too. Oh. That's another mm-hmm. one I haven't seen. I actually haven't seen. I'm Man. not sure if you'd be into it, honestly. Leo, what do you think? Um, you know, uh, it's. It's out it's, there. it's funny because like it, it, Doom Patrol is really like the DC's version of X Men, where like they're like outcasts and misfits, and I think that Doom Patrol really captures that essence of them mm-hmm. being outcasts and misfits. I agree. Um, well, I remember, think, you know, I think you'll appreciate. It. I think the cast is pretty good. You're yeah. talking to the guy that loves Twin Peaks. Yeah, that, that's why I'm like, I think you'll, I think you'll actually dig this. Like, if there's a red room and and and, and a little and a little person in a red suit, I'm all in. Like that that's there's all little, I need. There's a little monkey girl street. and a voice. Oh, there's a gay street. You're right. That's enough. There is a gay street. <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to check that out. Uh next bit of news. Uh Ryan could probably take a back seat here. So okay. I had <laughs> I had mentioned uh off the podcast about another round, the international feature winner at the Oscars. Um so it took less than twenty four hours. For a English remake to be officially announced with Leonardo That's DiCaprio That's in the lead. That's freaking gross. Yeah. So, okay. So, oh, man. I, I feel blasphemous saying this. I don't hate the move. I hate Why? how I hate how quick the move happened. Just watch the original. It's an Academy Award-dominated movie. And winning. Winning. And winning. Just uh, watch the original. So... What gives me hope is, have you guys seen, I don't know how big you guys are on horror. Have you ever seen Let Me In? With, uh, so it's a Matt Reeves directed. It was Chloe Grace Moretz. That is a remake of a 
oh man, I forgot what country, but let the right one in, which is incredible. It's an incredible film. And the American version is just as good. Like they're both top tier. Leo behind this, I, I can see this being very good. It could be a big player if done right. Um, and just to see the end of that movie and Leo dancing like uh, Mads Mikkelsen did in another round would be wonderful. So I, uh, you know, it's it's give or take. I don't know what's if if or when this is going to happen because Leo's currently filming the Marty, uh, the Mars Scorsese movie. So it will be a while. For before that happens uh now yes just out of curiosity is say the remake does do really well and it's a major player would this be the first time that a remake an original would be an academy nominee slash maybe even a winner no the departed one best picture and it's a remake okay and the and the original one too the original one no it wasn't even nominated that's why i'm asking oh okay okay i misunderstood yeah, uh Yes, I believe it would be the first time a remake of an international feature winner would be would win. And the original too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm shocked that we're getting a Parasite TV show and not a Parasite English remake. Like shocked that that's that's where that ended up. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be in the works. Leo Leo's going to be starring in it, and that should be an interesting uh, film once we get it. All right. Uh, next up, Oscar recap. I'm not going to sit here and talk about it for four hours, uh, mm-hmm. but I just want to get there are things to say and I have a lot to say, but I want to see what Ryan first thought of the show overall, because I know you saw it late. Yeah, um, I thought it was entertaining. Like I was what and I think they did an excellent job. The only complaint I have, we talked about it off air, was the fact that Best Picture didn't end the show. That was weird to me. It kind of threw me off. Uh, um, yeah. But besides that, it was. I think the most interesting was what's her name, Howling. That that caught me off guard. Um, I fast forwarded through the game. I'll be honest, I had no cares for that. Um, and I know Jane just posted about. Uh, oh my god, I just blanking on his name, not being able to zoom in. I think that was BS because of the simple fact that you had people on camera from different places. So why not be able to zoom? Anthony Hopkins. Um, well, because they were all in specific locations chosen by the academy. Yeah. Gotcha. They were like the, they were like set as little bases where they could be from. Yeah. Leo, you watch Still live with wrong. me. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, everything was pretty much standard. No, no big, uh, nothing too amazing. I guess it was a pretty standard show. I thought it was okay. Um, there was a fun, a few funny moments and stuff uh i think that maybe and this is just like aesthetically i think they made a really poor choice in where they stood during the the show because you saw like the nominees having to keep turning around like to behind them and Mm -hmm. it looked kind of awkward um but overall i think what everyone really wants us to talk about is chadwick boseman versus anthony hopkins yes i will and, and and we'll get there yeah um all right so for me so Steven Soderbergh for months had said that this is going to feel like a movie, and it did for about two minutes. And the rest of the show felt like a an award show. Um, I have my thoughts on the winners and the losers. For the mo- I, I I just want to say that I thought I was going to go ver- do very well. I started off thirteen for thirteen, and then a live action short, no animated short, no. 
documentary short happened, and then it just went downhill from there. Uh, I ended up going 17, 18 for 23 this year after going 22 for 24 last year. So hopefully better days next year. But uh, winners, for the most part, it went as expected, and then we got to where we got. My first complaint, best director in the fifth slot. Chloe Zhao is the second woman to ever win director. And you put it... One thing, you don't even mention it. The PA announcer didn't even mention that she's the second woman to ever win the Oscar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Two, if Soderbergh wanted to close on a moment, and that's why I... You know, we'll get into it in a bit. If, If Soderbergh wanted to close on a historic moment, why didn't I just give Chloe director last when you know that's guaranteed? Like, you absolutely know that is in the bag especially know what you're about to pull later on in that show <laughs> yes and she had the best i think she had the best speech of the night uh chloe uh now i guess we can get to where now to best picture when best picture happened jenny had gone upstairs and she's like did i miss actor and actress and i'm like no you did you did not i had i had been following film twitter all night because i had been tweeting the winners and someone tweeted, and I said, you're not going to believe what's about to happen. So in my head, I'm like, oh, did like, is Anthony Hopkins about to win the Oscar? That's what first came to mind. Then the best picture came out before actress and actor. So my, I don't know if you guys had, or at least Leo watching live, my immediate thoughts were, oh, Viola and Chadwick are about to win the Oscars and they're going to, yeah, yeah. and I thought that's the way they were going to close the show. And I would have been like, okay, that, you know, sucks. Carrie Mulligan lost, but I mean, I'm glad promising a woman won original screenplay, but I, that's a, that's a nice moment. I don't like best picture not being last, but cool. That's a sweet moment. Then Francis won and did not give a flying fuck about winning. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. <laughs> And I and and listen, listen, listen. I want I I I'm going to say this. I think Frances is one of the best actresses in uh, like of this generation. But the fact that she has th- this is her third lead win is astonishing to me because Danny Day Lewis's third win was fucking playing Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> and this very subtle, quiet performance is and very good performance. Good performance, yeah. Very good, good performance. performance. I. It just shocked me that she won. Really, really did. I and the fact that she won a fourth Oscar for producing Nomadland, so she left before she left the night with four Oscars, uh, th- three now in acting. I, I I'm surprised. So she is one away from tying Catherine Hepburn as the mo- the most wins of all time. I and who knows? Maybe maybe one day she'll she'll win another one. Uh, and then we get to the big shock of the. Not that shocking when we really look at it. So <laughs> that's a good point. Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins—a whole season. You know, it's been between those two, and then you have—I love Joaquin, but Joaquin gave no fucks about being there, and he—he he was like, "Let me answer. Let me just say who won, and that's it." And then yeah. Anthony Hopkins won, and in soprano style, the show just ends. <laughs> Cut to black. I, I've seen the father. You've seen the father. Um, I think he's very good. I think Hopkins is very good. 
I think him and Riz are my number two and three. Like those are like neck and neck for number two and three. I think Bozeman was better. But (laughs) the moment wouldn't have felt as bad if it wasn't last. It made it a lot. And it's not even Anthony Hopkins' fault. And now he, I mean, I don't think film Twitter really ripped him to pieces because he didn't really, he didn't do anything wrong. I think Soderbergh and the Oscars as a whole got it really bad. They Um, hyped it up. They they hyped us up so much that it's like, he just let us down. (laughs) The biggest embarrassment was they flew out Chad Chadwick's widow and make her sit there and then for this to happen. I, I I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think I think the only benefit that comes out from this is that now we know that the that the hosts and the academy have no idea who wins until the envelope is open. Yeah, right. This proves it. This confirms that, that everyone should like, breathe now. There's no big conspiracy. They yeah. really don't know what's happening. <laughs> and now I can finally put La La Land Moonlight to rest because something has embarrassed the academy more <laughs> because. <laughs> I think this is probably the worst moment in the history of the Academy Awards. And I not be I'm not speaking in hyperbole or prisoner of the moment. I think it was an absolute disgraceful way to end the show. And I am so glad the season's fucking over. I'm just over it. Thoughts, Leo. Uh so it's funny, it's it's like the perfect so it's 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 kinda like the perfect ending to COVID time. Right? Yeah, it's like yeah. whatever. You know what? Sure. Like that, it's eh, it's a it's it's a, like anticlimactic. Honestly, so I did watch, you know, I watched all the the the, the, the contenders for best actor and best picture. Um, not not to take away anything from Anthony Hopkins' like performance, it was fantastic. But I always felt that, and I told you this offline, I felt that the mastery of the father was done because of the cinematography and, and the, the direction. Yeah. Like it threw you for a loop as far as like understanding what individuals with with dementia and Alzheimer's suffer through. Not to say it wasn't only it wasn't like enhanced by Anthony Hopkins, but it was more the direction and the cinematography that really captivated me into this world. Um it was and, and I mean it is what it is, right? The Academy does what they do. Uh no they um, do. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I was I was definitely a little bummed out. It was just very much like I think the the first thing I told you, Dave, was I'm like, how could they get this wrong? Like you had one job, and it's just literally do what every show before you has done, <laughs> except BAFTA, <laughs> except BAFTA. Well, but that's yeah, because I don't think Chadwick qualifies no. as British. <laughs> and no, not even that. They don't really, you know, how they are. So yeah. that that him winning at BAFTA didn't shock me. Ryan, do you have any thoughts whatsoever on like? Because you haven't seen The Father, I assume, right? No, I have not. Yeah, so it's it's a very good movie. It's just not. I I was just shocked. I was just shocked, and that put the cap on the on the season. I ended up in my year in advance predictions last year, pre pre COVID, of course. I only ended up with two best picture uh, nominees out of my ten, which was Charlie Chicago Seven and Mank. Oh, oh. Favorite wood of the night, by the way, cinematography for uh, Mank, because I really thought it was going to lose because I had lost everything except ASC. Yeah. When it won, I fucking marked out because that is the best cinematography of the year. I'm so glad. And the fact that that's this guy's first film just shows right? like the talent. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Mank, I'm, I'm glad Mank won too. The, 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 the winningest film was three with Nomadland, so it shows how balanced it out. Now, I, I hope Leo did not look at my 
year in advance predictions for this year because I'm about to go through them. I did, I did, I did. Oh, okay. I saw that you posted them, but I stayed away. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Here are my 10 because now we it is officially a straight 10. No more it's between 5 and 10. Next year, Oscars officially 10 nominees. All righty. Best Picture nominees, I have 10, and then I have 5 in the hunt. I have Bean the Ricardos, Amazon. And uh, for anyone that's living under a rock, Bean the Ricardos is the film about the one week of shooting I Love Lucy. With... Question. Yes. Do you, are you putting them in the order of likelihood for you, or are you putting them like in no particular order? No, I have this in order. I actually have it Oh, uh, so you I... think Ricardos got the winner. Right now, because I like to live dangerously, even though I there's nothing that really sticks out except one other movie that I'm going to mention in a second as an actual winner this year. So yeah. that so I I feel like they did Sorkin really dirty this year. Like everyone thought Trial was going to be a bigger player and it went home empty handed. So a movie about Lucio Ball, if it's really good and Nicole's really good and Javier is really good, I think this could do damage. Uh, I think. They should be done. I have the, number one with the expectation that they're almost done because they've been shooting for about a month already. And I don't think this is going to take that long to to edit once it's done. So we'll see what happens with that. Next up, I have a lot of trust in Ridley Scott because of this cast. House of Gucci. So Adam Adam Driver and Lady Gaga star in there. Al Pacino's in this. Jared Leto's in this. Ridley Scott's in this. Uh, Ridley Scott's directing. So next up, I have Soggy Bottom. That's a new Paul Thomas Anderson movie starring the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman. And Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper uh, plays an agent in the movie. So it could be a supporting actor one finally. Number four, I have In the Heights. I've seen the movie. I think this can be a really big player in terms of the Latino representation within the Academy this year. I, I think it could do damage. Next, I have The French Dispatch, the Wes Anderson quick, movie. Yes. I will say this. I saw the trailer during the Oscars, and I'm all in. Yeah, In the Heights is great. Like it, it's in, it, For me, it's my number one movie of the year so far. I, I, I think right it's, yeah, I think it's incredible. I think you guys will like it. It is a, But, Brian, if you're not into musical, this is a straight up musical like no i love greatest showman and stuff like that yeah yeah. okay this is one of my favorite movies of all time okay so expect like dance sequences on the street kind of musical right Uh, now what usually happens in 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 queens yes yeah i mean every week every week (laughs) i mean i when i go to washington night that's exactly that's exactly what i see um next up i have the french dispatch the wes anderson movie can't take that for granted uh next after that i have don't look up which is netflix's Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Adam McKay's uh, directed movie. So, yeah, that that I, I have a good feeling about that. The premise doesn't really entice me, but it's Leo DiCaprio, it's Jennifer Lawrence, and Adam McKay. I think that that could do work. Uh, Canterbury Glass, a David O. Russell movie. Uh, I have certain feelings about David O. Russell, but that is not going to stop them from nominating him. Uh, Last three, I have Nightmare Alley, which is the new Guillermo del Toro movie that was supposed to come out this year, was pushed to, uh, was supposed to come out in 2020, pushed to this year. And West Side Story, it actually, I actually had it higher, but after seeing a trailer, I dropped it down to number nine. Uh, and then 10, I'm just being a fanboy, Dune. Oh, nice. And then in the hunt, I have Coda, which is the Sundance favorite. I have Spencer which is the movie about Princess Diana where Kristen Stewart is playing Princess Diana. 
I had the new Taika Watiti movie. Next goal wins. Uh, I, this is another ballsy pick, Apollo Ten and a Half, which is a Richard Linklater animated film, and then The Many Saints of Nork because <laughs> I am just being cautiously optimistic that that can get in. So yeah, that's my year in advance best picture nominees. I don't know how I'm gonna do, but hopefully it'll be better than two. Alrighty, so many saints. Yeah, I'm being cautious. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's gonna be more Downton Abbey than uh than an Oscar player, but we'll see. But look, if it is a Downton Abbey, that's good because Downton Abbey made a lot of money. So, yeah. all right. So moving on to what we watch, and then we get into our characters. There's no nothing Marvel to talk about this week, Leo. Uh, I mean, you know, just just like the sh- we know because that's. That's no, I, they're giving us. Oh, yeah, except for like, like kinda. Like there was like you know how like after the after Disney Plus premieres like the finale, there's like a little mini documentary yes, about yes, that show. Yes, how that's, was that? That's literally the only thing. It was good. <laughs> Ryan, did you finally see Falcon and Winter Soldier? We're doing that this week. So okay, cool. You'll be ready by 2022. Exactly. Well, random question, Ryan. Did you have you been able to avoid the spoilers of what happens in the in like the show? I mean, I've seen cl- like little things, but luckily I don't pay much mind. Like whenever I see like something that looks like it, so I just scroll right past it. And also, I have a really bad memory, so that helps. Um, but yeah, like I, I I'm pretty good. Like I know he kind of get. I know. I think he gets a new suit or something like that. Something but, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's comic. It's very comic. Comic accurate when he. Gets his suit. So I mean, we we knew what the end end game was. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> uh, on on that show. So, um, but in terms of what we watch, something little highlights here for me. I saw a lot of twenty twenty one movies that I had been missing. I saw the new Anna Kendrick movie Stowaway, a Netflix original. Uh, it's good. The ending is trash. So I do not recommend it whatsoever. Uh, things heard and seen. The new Amanda Seyfried movie. It is in my bottom ten of worst of the year. Uh, I saw the Without Remorse, the Michael B. Jordan Tom Clancy movie. It is in my bottom ten worst of the year. Were there at least good action scenes? No, in no, no. So it's boring. It's so boring. Like I, I, I listen. I love Tom Clancy movies. I love Clear Present Danger. I love yeah, yeah, yeah. For I sure, Patriot Game. But there was so much action in these movies. There's there is action here, but there is a lot of boring talking. It, it just did, it did not work for me whatsoever. It's right now my number 10 worst of the year. Damn. Um, I saw two fun horror movies called Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Highly recommended. Very, very fun. And this Australian horror film called Next of Kin from 1982. It's pretty fun, too. And then I finished The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Disney sent me the last five episodes. I can't say anything yet, but... I I can't wait to talk about it with you guys, and that's all I saw on my end. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, I saw Mortal Kombat. Nice. I saw that too. Good job. Yeah. So, how do you guys like the movie about a tournament that doesn't even take place? <laughs> Besides that, I really dug it. Of course you did, Ryan. I Casey couldn't get into, it, but I honestly dug it. And David, you're going to hate me when I say this. I dug it more than the original. You? Uh, well, I I almost divorced Jenny when she said that. So, <laughs> and besides that, I did a rewatch of uh, Rise of Skywalker. 
Nice. That's it? Yeah. Oh, cool. What about you, Only Leo? Uh, I've been continuing my binge watch of West Wing. <laughs> yes! I think I'm on season three, episode like 11 or something. Um, okay, can, and can, the show is really, yeah, really yeah, taking off. Can I chime in? So I, I, I love Leo's play-by-play. Leo play-by-play watching shows is my favorite thing. So... <laughs> When West Wing started, he, you know, he was like, oh, it's good, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think you mentioned it's a little dated, right? That's what you mentioned? Yes, yes. It definitely felt a little like, yeah, it felt But boy, has, has, has your thoughts have changed, haven't they? Yeah, so it still feels like there's still a little moment that's like, that you, you, you can pick up, you know, when the show's about to go to commercial break, Mm -hmm. like you, you know, that like build up and then it's like, it's kind of lost now that I'm streaming this and there's no commercial break. Yeah. Uh, some of the music can be a little dated as well, but overall the storytelling and the, the character arcs has been like masterful. It's so good. I was expecting it to be less dark and gritty than, um, than newsroom was because newsroom was on a different network. Yeah. Uh, but it's no, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's keeping it. It, it's, gets, uh, it gets darker too. Yeah, it's it's good. I I love it a lot. I, I think it's really cool watching it. I know you mentioned when you watched it, it was during like the midst of an election. Um, so watching it like now and like, oh wow, there's so many things that are still relevant to today. Which is how are we still dealing with the same political problems now that we were back then? It's funny because when I was watching it, I because I waited a long time to watch this uh, because it was just so many seasons. And after I finished newsroom, I was like, all right, I think it's time. And I'm watching it, and I'm loving it, and I'm like, my God, can we just go back to a president like this? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I really hope Biden wins. And then, you know, the election turned out the way it did, and I was able to enjoy the show even more. Because the election happened around season three for me, around the end of season three. So I was able to enjoy the rest of the show and, like, love it. And right now, where you're at, you're you're in the re-election aspect of the show, right? Yes, he yeah. just announced that he... That he wants to run again, um, and he's dealing with MS. And um, it's funny because like one thing that I think Sorkin does so well, even though the show is about like you know just the American principles, American ideology, he's done something really awesome in the in, in both Newsroom and in this, where he's like he's humanized Republicans. Like it's helped me understand like the views of the Republican mm-hmm. Party. Even though we, we only see like they're extremists, we see Trump, right? We see that that the alt right, um, and we see like the the very like the very close minded faction. Fox News, party. Fox News, yeah, yeah. But like like Ainsley's character in in um in in West Wing, oh, she's great, she's great. Yeah, and the main and the main character over in in Newsroom, I'm like, oh wow. So the Republican Party, like their views aren't even that far off. Like they, they, there's definitely some ideological differences between Democrats and Republicans, right? That's, that's the truth. But like, they're not just all racist, closed minded people. No. And that's what I loved about the West wing that it was a, and newsroom. It was able to do that. Like yeah. it, it, uh, it, yeah. it plays both sides fairly and justly. And yeah. you meet a character, I think it's season four that, you know, the actor very well that is a republican and you just see like you're like okay i get it, it it's oh, it's so good yeah. you're making me want to rewatch it the only thing it's, that stops yeah. me from rewatching it is that they still haven't updated the condition on the quality of the show so it still yeah. lo- it looks pretty it's pretty it looks pretty dumpy that that made it feel more dated i think is, is also the fact i'm like oh the quality i'm like huh all right uh but uh, but switching the channel to actually watching stuff about racist people uh, I am, I also watched that documentary Q Q Into the Storm on HBO Max. How about was that? The 
it, it was frustrating, honestly. <laughs> very, very frustrating. What it, when I when it first began, it's about this whole movement started on the internet on like 4chan and and how it blew up and how and the, the the ultimate end of the documentary takes place during the siege of the capital. Of course, and it's like wow, like this thing blew up so quickly, and it's it's interesting. It's very, very interesting because in a way, Dave, we've 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 seen the birth of this type of personality with conspiracy theorists that believe in aliens in roswell or or like the second gunman on the grassy knoll damn right i i believe in that man yeah but it's like do you kind of see oh, it was magneto we already know that <laughs> or the comedian yeah. but yeah dude it's just, just kind of like one of those things where it's like you know what i remember i remember conspiracy theories right and i remember being like captivated by them but then this is how bad things can get if you just let them ruin like just run your life yeah it's uh-huh. like damn man there's that when i went to dallas a couple of years ago we went to the kennedy uh the the depository because that's a museum now and uh like i was enthralled by everything we went to where the behind the grassy knoll the fence behind the grassy knoll there is a conspiracy theorist guy out there and you know we spoke for a bit he's out there every single day preaching the conspiracy (laughs) yep yeah, so I totally see where people can get overly like I'm into that whole conspiracy thing, and I look into it and like I research it just you know just for my knowledge. But it's not like I'm sitting here like overly obsessed about it or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, and, and it's funny because a lot of the individuals and characters that this documentary ends up following, like you see like the struggles they have in their real life, and you see what kind of like maybe uh, just like they they weren't possibly like the popular kids when they were growing up, and that cry for attention ends up just like just completely turning them into very interesting individuals um i think one of my favorite parts in the documentary is QAnon is the newest iteration of this like internet like uh shadow society like uh thing but then they also have um oh my gosh remember remember anonymous or uh yes yes I remember. so anonymous. they have like they since then we didn't know who anonymous is and anonymous was the democrat version of what QAnon is yeah so it's like you have to, they interview the guy that was anonymous about QAnon, and it's like it brought him out of retirement to shut down QAnon. I'm like, wow! Like, there's there's both both sides of the of the aisle have their own crazy cyber uh, representatives. Uh, but other than that, I also watched Mortal Kombat, and I liked it. I thought it was entertaining, in the sense that I can leave it on just like background noise. I thought the storytelling was trash. Mm-hmm. I thought the script was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, like the movie ready immediately. Ryan immediately when the movie begins, when Jack saves um, Cole Young, they're running away from Sub Zero. So why would you park the car and go in to hunt down Sub Zero? Like that makes no sense. You're running away from him. Why are you going to go to confront him? You should just run away from him more. Um. Sonia Blades, Sonia Blades, like her every line was just like very terrible exposition, um, but the visuals of the action scenes were dope. Yeah, like that, that I like. And it's funny because I've had this conversation with folks, and they're like, "Oh, but you like Godzilla versus Kong, and it gave you what you want." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, this gave me what I want too." But Godzilla versus Kong at least gave had a little bit of heart and actually gave me what I wanted. I didn't. I wanted a tournament. I did not even get a tournament. Yeah, dude. By the end of the movie, it's funny because when the movie ended, I really, I'm like, wait a sec. 
um, aren't we missing the actual tournament? <laughs> like, like at least at least the OG one gave us that sense, right? Like you beat your first person, you go to the next person. Yeah, none of that happened. So Ryan, why why do you think a movie without a tournament is better than the movie with the tournament? I just found it more entertaining. I I I can't tell you. Like I was just more invested. Like, but the, but Leo's right. Like it would for me now it would be more of a background noise movie. But like I don't know. Like I'm not disagreeing with any of Leo's points. Like with the script or anything. But I just found it more entertaining. Interesting oh, yeah. to me. Like I, I will say. Like I definitely. I'm, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to BS you guys. I will definitely have this movie on again. Like, it's not going to be one of those, like, I'm going to avoid it. I'm never going to watch it. Like, this has definitely got rewatchability. Oh, yeah. 90 minutes. Um, yeah. And it's funny because, like, I was watching it. I was doing, I was watching it virtually with Stacy, right? And like, we couldn't help but realize how many things that are similar to Marvel movies kept happening in this movie. Cole Young's Arcana is a vibranium upper body. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's, that's what... <laughs> Cole Young sucked. And the fact that he killed Goros, he made go. Listen, anyone that yeah. played Mortal Kombat knows that yeah. Goro was almost impossible to beat. And in this yeah. movie, Goro is essentially like someone's like he's destroyed in what like one half a scene. Yeah, dude. I'm like, come on, Goro's supposed to be like the final boss before you go to like Shang Tsung or 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 Shao Kahn, man. Exactly. What the hell? Good. I'm um, glad, glad we're on the same boat. Yeah. And anything else, or that's it. No, no, no. Mortal Kombat was pretty much the last movie I saw, and I'm continuing West Wing. So, yeah, looking forward cool. to that. Cool. All righty. So, let's get into it, guys. Let's get into our least favorite and favorite Star Wars characters of all time. There is a lot to cover here when it comes to the Star Wars universe. I had a great time doing this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this a little differently than we usually do. So, what we're going to do here is we're going to do 10, to th- 10 through 6, right? Mm-hmm. But we're going to do our 10 worst and our 10 best oh, nine doors nice. so we can get into a little bit more conversation and then when we get into our top five we'll keep doing it the same way so i am going to start off to kind of give you a guideline of how we're going to do this with my t- number 10 worse my number 10 worse is finn from the new trilogy nice so good, good okay so solid the, one so the reason he's in my worst is that all all con- controversy aside in terms of like where his storyline went in Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, all the first iteration of him in Force Awakens didn't do anything for me. I felt like he was absolutely the third wheel. And when I first saw the trailer, I thought, all right, this guy is an, a stormtrooper that is not a stormtrooper anymore. I think, you know, what, 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 I was very intrigued by his story going into the movie, but I don't think the execution of the Force Awakens really hit, and I he came off extremely, extremely annoying. Uh, that just doesn't work when you're trying to be a top tier. Um, I was gonna put Captain Phasma in here, but she had like no screen time. I would, I would say she's more the misused character rather than worst. Ca- yeah, yeah. disappointment there for sure, for sure. Uh, number ten best. I cheated here. I put, Do we have the same person there? I wonder if you who you have. So I, I one is a tie, and two I cheated. So I put every all the droids. I just put oh, all the droids. Nice one. <laughs> and um, cheater, because, cheater, pumpkin eater. Because uh, yeah, because there's too Do many. You mean, like good and bad droids. 
I don't actually have any bad droids on my list. I just have the, the droid army. In what? In Clone Wars, you mean? Yeah, like in Clone Wars, like they're they're like bad droids. You have yeah, Phantom two. Menace. Fine. I have all the droids you guys know: R two D two, C three PO, BB eight, K two S O. And my other one, because there's only been two seasons of him, I have Mando because it's still too early to put him outside the t- number ten compared to everyone oh, else. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Okay. All right, my number nine worse, Vice Admiral Holdor, Holdo. Good one. And listen, I I love how she um light speeds into the in the Star Destroyer. The Star yeah. Destroyer. That's cool. But my issue with her is that she has a plan to survive the their chase with the first order, but she keeps it to herself and literally yes. tells no one for no reason. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It hasn't even been revealed like in, in like the like the extended version or anything or like cut scenes. Like there's literally no explanation to why she keeps it secret. Yeah, like no reason why she and like we get why Poe is like a certain way, but yeah. I get it. Like she's not saying anything. Like I would love to know. Like if you, you know, if if you want to have some like coffee, don't just have the coffee there without telling me why the coffee's there. Let me know. Yeah. So yeah, she she doesn't work for me in the Last Jedi. I love her look though. Laura Dern looks great with like uh Definitely. that with the pink hair and all, and that light speed thing is still fantastic. But that that is my nine worst. My nine best. Is I mean, she's probably really low, but in terms of uh, other characters, is of reasons is Ahsoka Tano. Uh, she made it to your top ten, though. Okay, yeah, she's. I mean, I've always loved everything that that she stood for for the during the Clone Wars, and I love the fact that she leaves the Jedi Order and becomes her own individual. Then we get her here in the Mandalorian, and she's still completely kicking ass. I think that her character arc is continuing to grow. And I think yeah. she may go up more on my list in the future, but for now she is my number nine best. My number eight worst. I don't know if you guys watch Clone Wars enough to know who this person is. Do you guys do you guys know who Z- Zero the Hut Zyro the Hut? Oh my gosh, you yep. have him at eight? I have him way higher. <laughs> um I have him too, but I'm not gonna say where. Yeah. It, the, he's like the perfect image. Of if the Clone Wars was made as a cheesy kids TV show with little to no depth, does that make any sense, or am I just talking yeah, out of my ass? He's, yeah, he's he's, he's a very like not fleshed out character, very like hijinks. It's very stupid. Yeah, it's, uh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad he's going to be on both both your lists. Uh, my number eight is Jin Erso. Oh, okay. I mean. Let's just let's just put it what it is in the Star Wars lore. I love her character. I I just love, I love when Star Wars gets the female characters right. Right. Um, yeah. And with her, I I mean the rebellion happened because of her. She is the one that puts the plans, the Death Star plans, there at the end of of, of Rogue One. She is the reason that we are able to get leia to get these plans ultimately leading to everything that we get in four five and six and i think her performance felicity jones performance is really solid uh as a character i love uh i love her a lot which ironically parallels to my number seven (laughs) worst character cassian andor (laughs) i hate him i can't stand him i can't i can't believe he's getting his own show i don't like i he feels like poor man tom solo 
and nothing he does in that in, in Rogue One really does anything for me. I don't particularly like Diego Luna's character. Uh, portrayal of him either well i was gonna say he's like, he's like a poor man's han solo without harrison ford's charm <laughs> yeah i just it just never works for me and now they're adding these characters we know and love to his show because no one gives a fuck about his show so that character never really worked for me either and then my number seven best is yoda um low on the list but there's reasons for that uh i mean is there anything else you can say about yoda yoda is Yoda's Yoda. Yoda's yeah. Yoda. And if I do want to point out my favorite Yoda moments, actually in Empire Strikes Back when um, Luke is being a little bitch like he always is, and he uh, <laughs> and Yoda lifts the uh, the the star the, oh, the X wing the X wing yeah with the John Williams score in the background ah so good. And then my number seven worst is uh, my number six worst here is a uh, General Grievous. Oh, shoot. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to be the only one to have him on my list. Listen. I almost had him. General Grievous, I understand why he's in Revenge of the Sith because they need like a middle bad guy before we get to the real nook and cranny of the story. But you get him an asthma pump. That's all he needs. And maybe yeah. he wouldn't be a bad guy. If you get him yeah. the asthma pump, I think he'd be okay. I think he'd be good to go. Although I do like his look, like those four lightsabers. Yeah, he has that's a, the only reason he didn't make my list. Yeah, he's he has a great look, but I I it just doesn't doesn't work for me. And my number six best is Obi Wan Kenobi. Wow, too low, too low, too low. Is it though? Not even in your top five? Are you effing kidding me? Oh man! All right, I'll I'm not hating on you, Dave. So I. Oh man, this is hard. I feel I feel I feel attacked. Um <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love you McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi is so integral to the Star Wars lore. Um but when it comes to like when I'm trying to word this correctly. When it comes to the overall arc of the Star Wars universe, my five are really the most crucial to that. He is crucial to episodes one, two, and three in about 40 minutes of four. I think these characters are crucial to everything in the end. Um, and yeah, so that is my 10 through 6 best and 10 through 6 worst. Uh, Ryan, take it away. All right. Um, well, I'm just going to mention the one honorable mention I have for best is Lord Sidious, and then I'll do the 10th. Th- so, hold up, hold my- up, hold up. The Emperor is not on your best? No. Not my best either. Oh, you. Oh, man. Okay. All right, my 10 worst. Owen Lars. <laughs> Why? He didn't do anything for you. What did he do to you? He <laughs> took care like of Luke. Face. He took, he took, he he took care of Luke. He didn't die well enough. <laughs> yeah, he took care of Luke for like 17 years. I don't know. I just don't. I, like, I never liked the character. I just don't like him. I love I love that you dislike him enough to put him on your top ten worst but, characters yeah. out of like like pure evil people, but he's still on your top ten worst. Can I be honest? I have such a hard time making worse. Like, and I always have a hard time on worse because I just don't look for the bad. I look for the good. Oh, so God. like, I had to like research <laughs> bad. I had to, like really think about like the bad characters, and then I'm like, you know what? I never really liked Owen Lars. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Joel Egerton is probably really upset at you for that. <laughs> eh, well, he can email me. <laughs> number uh, number ten on my best is Darth Maul. <laughs> What's next? Fuck you. What's next? Boba <laughs> Fett's gonna be on there too. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, we're counting cartoons too, dude. And Darth <sighs> Maul's story gets completely. I guess you're right. I guess redeemed. you're right. You're right. You're right. I take it back. Yeah, like that, and that's that's honestly my argument for for Obi Wan as well. Like Obi Wan's story gets completely bumped up when you add in his his cartoon stuff. Yeah, and also I just between the cartoon and his badassness and Phantom Menace. Yep. Just yeah. I'm with number you, nine worst General Hux. He's a uh-huh. little high. He's a little higher on my list, right? I, I I'm with you. He's he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing Sticks. else you can really say except for he sucks. Oh, I I, I I have I have something to say. In the words of our friend Christian, he stinks. Uh, number eight uh, for best is Ahsoka. I dig the character a lot, and you know, Dave, you said it best, so I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> um, Number seven, Captain Phasma. You guys said the best. She was just such a disappointment. And that's why uh, she made the list. Number seven for best, Mando. Cool character. Oh, nice. Uh, I love, as a fan of Knights of the Old Republic, I love the Mandalorian like, look. So the fact that they brought it into a whole series and he pulls it off and they really get into the lore of the Mandalorians like and he pulls it off so well I just love it <clears throat> excuse me losing my voice number you're six choked, you're getting choked up you're getting emotional is that is a that, little bit that? when I talk about Star Wars <laughs> I get a little choked up <laughs> number six for worst uh Count Dooku Ooh. yeah I think he was just uh, put there, kind of like Grievous was for Dave. He is my Grievous. He was just put there to be put there. Yeah, my only argument with that one. I mean, I agree with you. He was pretty much there to be there. If they would have never killed off Darth Maul, he could have had a nice three movie arc. Oh, yeah, but his animated stuff kind of helps out a little too, though. Like, I, I generally was excited to see Dooku's story get continued. So I'm like, I don't know, but okay. And number six, just like Dave, Obi Wan. You guys, are- <laughs> <laughs> you're, both, you're both horrible human beings. It was hard, <laughs> but when I was making my list, I could, I had to have these people in my top five. And trust me, if I could, I would have, like, you know, yeah, it was really hard to have them not in my top five. I love Obi Wan, Ian McGregor, and you're right about the Clone Wars, like his story in there between him and uh, Anakin, Anakin and the love. St- Story I was going to say I can't remember her name. Padme. Um, oh yeah, good call. No, not Padme. No, uh, Obi Wan has. Oh, Obi Wan. Sorry, story. sorry yeah, because you you see what a true Jedi is supposed to do when he falls in love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my number six. Awesome. All right, Leo, what do you got? Okay, so yeah, I th- I think catching on what you two are saying, like as far as influence on the show or whatever, I-, I I'm still picking my favorites, and this is like people that like when I saw them on screen, I want to know more about what's happening to them. Um, but either way, my tenth worst, is- well, honorable mentions, uh, for worst I have Vice Admiral Holdo, uh, Ezra Bridger. You don't like Ezra? Nah, bro, I just couldn't get past how annoying he was when he first started, like. Haircut Ezra was better than long hair Ezra, but it's still, I still couldn't get past that. 
Get it um, back. Still, you better get yeah. used to Ezra. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. There's plans, and I, I hope, I hope to get more. Because I'll be honest, Ahsoka took me a while to get behind too. Interesting. So it wasn't until, she, until she got older that I'm like, oh, okay. I thought she was annoying when she was Anakin's apprentice. Um, but either way, Ezra, Hodo, and I have an asterisk, but I think you'll you you'll agree with me. Boba Fett <laughs> as a as a worse, but even listen, though that one of no, the Mandalorian. Can, can, listen, episode. I I I love pissing people off, and I'm gonna piss people off with my number five. Um, for best, I love the fact that you included it as an honorable mention for worst because if it wasn't for the Mandalorian, he'd probably yes. be in my top five worst. Literally, yes, absolutely, yes. He'd be like he would be in my top five worst if it wasn't for that one epic episode of freaking Mandalorian. Fucking Boba Fett fans are. Before the Mandalorian were worse than Snyder cut stands because they, they had nothing. They had no- nothing. Oh. oh, I'm glad we're on the same. Yeah. I'm glad we've always been on the same boat when it comes to Boba Fett. To Boba Fett, yeah. But when I, I was a kid, I was a fan. But as I got older, and you guys kind of like had that gave me that glass shattering moment. I'm like, yeah, no shit, you're right. And he yeah. stinks. Like he literally does nothing right. He is not the reason in in Empire that they catch Han Solo. Vader is the one that catches Han Solo. So like, no, he leads. He follows them. He's the one that leads them to uh, Cloud City. I can guarantee that if it was just Boba Fett against Han Solo on Cloud City, Han Solo would have gotten the better of him. Oh yeah, no, I agree. I'm just saying. I'm trying to give credit where credit's due. Fine. Go, go ahead, go ahead, Leo. My number ten is Supreme Leader Snoke. Oh, poor Snoke. Well, that's he exactly almost made it. my list too. Poor Snoke. Like this guy is supposed to be this uber powerful leader, and we have no idea what happened with this guy. Ah, oh, but that moment still kicks ass, though, though right? But yeah, no, absolutely. I think visually it was cool. Like, and the, 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 there's still like that gravitas of how powerful he is. So it's like, okay, he's a badass. But I, I just felt let down. I didn't know too much about him. Like, I should have known more about him. I want to know more about him. Um, my tenth best is uh, also cheating. Um, not as much as David, but still cheating. Uh, it's R two D two and C three PO. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I honestly, I struggled because I wanted to keep them separate and put them in the rankings. But then I'm like, but then I, I honestly, there's other characters I think I'm more, more into. Uh, but R two D 2s Clone Wars and his animated series stuff just makes them even better if that's even possible. Do you can let me? Do you like BB eight? On that level, do you think he's top tier? Not, not on that level. Okay. No, I think I think R two D two has more than so. It's even even of those two, R two D two is above C three PO. I would agree. I agree. Yeah, he's done so much for just the actual missions. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure that without R two D two in this franchise, I'm somehow or another the dark side wins. <laughs> I mean, he's the only one that you know Anakin would hang out with when he was turning to the dark side too yeah no so i really do think like because there's people there's characters there that i'm like you're integral to the story r2d2 i think yeah but i, I kept them together as my number 10 my number nine worse is although i like the actor uh it's a mace windu interesting i mean i i i think he's overhyped as well but i'm curious to your reasoning no, so it, it's really, he frustrates me. So kind of like how we were frustrated with, with, you mentioned like Holdo doesn't give you the reason why he's doing, like she's doing things. Yeah. Like, yo, Windu is just like annoying to Anakin in the prequels and in the cartoon series. 
I'm like, yo, dude, like you're being a jerk for no reason. Like you got, you have to give Anakin some chance to grow here. Um, I just, I just didn't like it. I just, I, I always kind of like, I thought the, the anime series would flesh him out a little more, but he just becomes more of a rule follower. And it's annoying. <laughs> um, my number ninth best, and I'm probably going to get some heat for this, is Han Solo. Oh my Jesus. Yeah. No, so look, here's o- the thing. Your Obi-Wan Kenobi take is. I know, I know, I know. So as much as, as much as, uh, like Harrison Ford, like, Honestly, was such an iconic actor for this role, and how like how he fleshed out this like bad boy struggling to be good thing, right? If anything, he became like the archetype for what it should be. Um, Alden Enric destroyed it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't even care about Han Solo anymore because if you're gonna give me a whole movie about Han Solo and it's gonna be that, I could do without this character. So if it's Harrison Ford, he would be higher on my list. But because we've seen another actor, and it, I just wasn't, in, I just wasn't enthused by it at all. I'm putting him lower. Interesting. Um, okay. But my number eight worst, General Grievous. Yes. <laughs> Similar to both of you, I was so let down. <laughs> just give him an asthma pump, and he probably will be okay. I'm even more confused on why he even needs to breathe. He's like 98 <laughs> percent robot. <laughs> I'm like, there's a there's a heart beating. But like the rest of him is Android. Um, my number eight um, best, and this is something they maybe I just like really identified with the character. I just loved it so much. I'm not sure if it'll be on your list, guys, but it's Kanan Jarrus. It's not on my list. Yeah, I, I, he's a little bit lower. I, I I don't know if he's like beloved in like the 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 Star Wars lore as much, but I just I loved how much of a father figure he was to Ezra. And even after getting blinded and not getting the full exposure of being a Jedi Master, he still did what he could. Um, and the whole love story with him and Hera, I was always a fan of too. But yeah, Kanan as my number eight. Like if I could find more Kanan stuff, I would watch more Kanan stuff. Um, my number seven worse, General Hux, similar to Ryan. I think you guys know why. <laughs> number seven best, Yoda. Uh, and it's what. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, I know he's a, one of the most, he is the most powerful Jedi, um, and we've gotten so much content with him, right? We've gotten stuff in the movies and in the animated series, to, do you understand how powerful he is? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's where I have Yoda, though. I think, Dave, you have him around the same place, too, right? Yeah, he was my number seven. Yeah. Uh, my number six worst is Boss Nass. The leader of the Gungans. Oh no! All oh, the poor Gungans. Oh, that's oh, not boy. nice. That's so not nice. Bad. He's so <laughs> annoying. The rest of the people on my worst list are people that, when you see them, when I see them on screen, I want to turn off the one I'm watching. Like I, they may be, they may be fleshed out. They may have character arcs. They may. I don't care. I see you on screen. I want to turn it off. Boss Nass starts this group at number six, and my number six best would be like the kickoff of like, I see you on screen. I want to know everything about you. I can watch and read books just to find out more about your storyline. Uh, number six is The Mandalorian. Did nice. Dejarin. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> okay. Let's see what do I do first here. All right. Number five. War- I'll do my five words. So five words is General Hux. Um, you guys <laughs> nailed it. The best way to explain explain. And describe him. He's a poor man's Moff Tarkin. Yeah. 
and Mop Tarkin would probably be an honorable mention. I totally forgot to do that honorable mentions. All right, and like, and like, he's not even Poor's man. Like, you, you, you recruited a top actor for this role and did nothing with him. Nothing, nothing. The First Order, outside of a specific person, is a pretty dumpy organization. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, it's like when the NFL had the replacement rest for like two weeks. That. <laughs> That's what the first order was for the most part outside of this person. Okay. Like, my- you wonder you you wonder like are they made up of like the failures of the Sith? <laughs> like yeah. how did you guys get in power? <laughs> That's what kind of makes me love the episode of the um of the Mandalorian where the Sith, not the Sith, where the Empire or whatever's left of the Empire has like this I think they're able to get a car a container or something and they're celebrating like they just won this giant battle. Because it's been so long since they got anything happen, like good to happen to them. <laughs> so I love that little moment of them celebrating like, we finally got one. Um, cool. So my number five best, I split this up into two. So I guess you want to call it a tie. It is what it is. So I have Emperor Palpatine because, mm-hmm. as, because I, I think he is the purest definition of what the villain of the Star Wars franchise is he's a manipulator. He's a leader. He pretty much. He's a, he's a senator. He's a senator. <laughs> he, he is. He, I mean, he may become president of the United States one day. Probably. So and, and get his own reality show. Don't forget that. <laughs> and performance wise, it is some of the best from episode six on. He is. Uh, I always like to compare the Snoke. Uh, uh, argument like when people talk about last jedi and i love arguing with people about last jedi it's, it's like an art form for me i uh, just love bringing idiots to to down down a peg when people are like but you want you know we never got to know anything about snoke i'm like listen you got palpatine for half a movie in episode six and that's it for about 15 16 years that's all you would have known from him. A guy that shows up and dies. That's literally what happened to Snoke in The Last Jedi. A guy that shows up and dies. So we were able, we were blessed to get him in episode one, two, and three and really get into his origin yeah. and how he became the emperor, which adds to the lore of his character. That works for me so much. But, you know, in comparison to Snoke, if all we got was episode six yeah. of, of Emperor, it's the same exact comparison to Snoke. Now, my other number five is someone that everyone loves to shit on. I happen to defend. This person, I think, has, despite the inconsistencies of the trilogy, of the sequel trilogy, I think, has an overlying arc that works really well for me, and that's Kylo Ren. Ooh, nice okay. one. I, I had a feeling you were going to go there. I perp- I like, I've argued with people on this podcast I before. I didn't think you were going to tie him, though. I thought you were going to give him your, like, his own spot. I didn't like, think you were going to tie him with Palpatine. Because four, four and up are just untouchable for me. But like, I, I, but I feel like, listen, I, I think Ben's arc, you understand why he turns to the dark side because of the actions that Luke takes mm-hmm. trying to kill him. You like you people say oh he's just his emo guy I'm like no he's not if you really yeah. actually pay attention to everything that happens in this sequel trilogy he's the only one and i will say this him and ray are the only one not even ray because ray's arc gets with the palpatine stuff at the end rise of skywalker i think ren is the only one from start to end that has a through line narrative that makes sense from point a to his redemption in point in point c 
you understand why he turns to the dark side. You understand why, listen, my uncle did this to me. Why would I trust my parents? I'm going mm-hmm. to jo- trust Snoke. I'm going to trust the, 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 you know, I wonder if what they did to my grandfather was yep. what should have really happened. Maybe my grandfather was in the right and my uncle was in the wrong. So, like, there's reasoning for him to turn to the dark side. There's reasoning to him turn to the light side at the end of everything. His story makes perfect sense. Adam Driver is incredible, in especially in Rise of Skywalker. I think that's the best performance of the, the three movies. His storyline makes perfect sense to me, and I think he is so underappreciated because the internet, social media, clowns that think they know Star Wars and really don't want to have this argument that he is just this evil character. I'm like, yo, watch the movies, pay attention. Don't listen to what everyone thinks and let your opinion be manipulated by others. Fa- create your own opinion. And if they, oh, if you watch these movies, Kylo is a very well fleshed out character and is one of my five favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. Uh, number four. That was a very passionate plea for Kylo. That was. That, yeah. that was like, yeah, wow. Like, uh, mic drop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four, the, n- number four worst is Viceroy Gunroy from episode uh. one. Episode two and episode three. Listen, the reason he's on my list is because we would have never gotten movies about taxation if it wasn't for this fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it's just ridiculous. Um, my number four best is Luke Skywalker. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't want to put him on here, to be honest with you. Not only do you have him on your list, you have him above Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is ridiculous. But, but hear me out. Hear me out. Luke Skywalker, and this, I'm I'm going to go on another last Jedi ran again here. So, <laughs> so I I love the argument that Luke, you know, is a uh, whiny bitch. Is a yeah. whiny bitch. Cool. Let's... From beginning to end, pretty much. From beginning to end, but I have I have a different argument that I haven't added to the Luke Skywalker discussion that I want to add to this one. So I've mentioned before, like you know how he acts in Last Jedi really is true to Luke's mm-hmm. col- uh, colors. From beginning to end, he's always been a very whiny, entitled kid, like his fucking father. And we'll get to that a little later. Um, but in in Rise of Sky, in, in Last Jedi, if you really think about it, and I really like what Ryan Johnson did here, like let's say you are like Ryan and Leo, you are you know you save the galaxy, and you live. I would say, what, 30 years with this mindset that everyone thinks you are this God, this this yeah. it, this powerful being that can that has no trauma and no faults. It'll get to you. It, it, it'll make you question yourself. Like, can I live up to these expectations? Luke, uh, Luke got it got to him because when it gets to that moment where he almost tries to kill Ben, he. For me as a character, he has this feeling of like, do I have the power to do this again if I have to? Can I take them down? People will have this expectation of me taking the taking the, the dark order. I mean the dark order, the Sith down again. There's a lot of, you know, inter in, interthought with Luke's character at that point where like, all right, maybe I'm just as flawed as everybody. And I think that's what leads to what he is. In Last Jedi, and honestly, he re- does redeem himself at the end of Last Jedi with what he does. But why I have Luke on my list is because 
despite the whininess, there's he has some of the greatest Star Wars moments of all time, and there's no denying yeah. that. Like his battle, his battle with Vader in Episode Six, and his Mandalorian appearance is like probably mm-hmm. top two moments for me. And just everything in Return of the Jedi, I think is he is fantastic in. Uh, so yeah, Luke Skywalker is my number four best. My number three worst is Jar Jar Binks. Uh, there's worse people than Jar Jar. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. I think I know your number one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So my number, my number. I mean, we can all. I know you guys are gonna shit on Jar Jar, so I'm just gonna leave it at this. It was a very poor choice by George Lucas. I don't know where he thought this would work. It just doesn't work, yeah. and that's all I can say on that. My number three best is Han Solo, uh, because. Despite yeah. what I agree with you, like I like Solo. I don't like. The, I don't think the movie's great. I think it's fine, but I think Harrison Ford's charm. He carries the original Star Wars trilogy. It's hard. Like every he electrifies the screen with like not only his arrogance, but he has this casual, cool, and humor. Like he may not be the chosen one as Trip of the Jedi, but he is one of the most integral characters in the entire franchise. And like so you catch th- yourself wanting to know more about Han than you do about Luke a few times during the, during this whole franchise. Absolutely. And he gives me one of the my favorite moments in Star Wars history, the I love you, I know scene. I mean, it, that alone needs to be, you know, put Han Solo up there for me. All right. And my number two, and then we'll do my our number one separate. My number two are the another cheat. Ewoks, just Ewoks. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> the entire Ewok nation. Their race. <laughs> I listen. the 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 Empire is this all powerful force, and we get to Return of the Jedi. And what takes down the Empire are a fuck, fucking bunch of teddy bears. I, I I hate the Ewoks. I hate the Ewok movies. I hate everything about the fucking Ewoks. They're just the worst. Um, what makes it worse is it was supposed to be Wookiees. Yep, and that would have been so much more badass. But I, I guess at that time, you really couldn't get people as tall as Peter Mayhew. So, And then my number two best is Darth Vader. From epi- From episode four, five, and six, and Rogue One. Oh, I know who your worst is. Yeah, you definitely... Maybe. I think, yeah. you, I think you do. Um... We Darth Vader is a complete badass, but there are elements to his character that is not a full arc, and we will get to that in a moment. Uh, Darth Vader does have one of the best mo- moments of Star Wars history with the end of Rogue One. I mean, Darth Vader, you guys are probably going to talk about him in a bit as one of the greatest villains of all time. But yeah, he is my number two favorite character in Star Wars. Uh, Ryan, take it away. All right. Number five worst, Padme. Just can't stand her. Even even with animated stuff. Yeah, and I never cared for her when she comes on my screen, even in animated. Like that's when I get up and get something to drink. (laughs) Um, I don't even pause it. I was waiting for you to say Padme, but she's not the worst person in that relationship. So, (laughs) oh no, and that's why she's number five. Um, number five best, Lando Calrissian. I was waiting for so yeah, I was waiting for someone to have Lando. Yeah, no, I love Lando. I think he's awesome. His character, I think Billy Williams portrays it so well. You know, we talk about uh, Harrison Ford's charm. I think uh, his charm is just as good. Can, um, can I throw a counter to your Lando Calrissian thing? 
Uncle Tom. No, no nothing along those lines. Um, Leo, is he on your list? No, not okay, at all. Cool. No. So, uh, Lando is just a more deep, deep dive version of Boba Fett because technically he really doesn't have much to do, um, and he literally betrays all his friends. Yes, he does. That's what I was saying. With, uh, that's what I meant by Uncle Tom. About he betrays his friends. Um, but you got a good point where he. But then I, I actually like Daniel Glover's also portrayal. I think he does excellent. He does. And, yeah, like, yeah, I, I he agree does. with you, Rye. I totally he's one of the high there. points in that movie. But yeah, that's my number five best. Number four worst. Viceroy Gunray. <laughs> totally agree with you, Dave. Taxation, man. Taxation. We all hate taxes. Like there's no, I don't want like I go to Star Wars to see battles and see lightsabers in the Force. I don't go to see politics. <laughs> like why did I like I didn't need that at all? Um, for best, Leia. Oh, like, nice. Beginning to end, uh, badass woman, uh, one of the original badass women in cinema, uh, trailblazer, and you know Carrie Fisher, God rest her soul. Uh, amazing, and you know, her even five seconds in Rogue One was amazing, and especially when after she passed, it hits a little differently. Um, and even in uh, Rise of Skywalker, she's enjoyable, even for those like maybe what altogether five minutes that she's uh, actually on screen. Number three, worst Anakin complaining. Sand. <laughs> Why? Like we get it. You hate sand. You, we don't. Uh, you lived on a sand place and that sucked. We get it. And then he just all he does is whine and complain. Like I guess it's in the blood. I guess. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just couldn't stand Anakin. Number three best Yoda. Oh, um. Just love the character. He's such a b- badass character. Uh. I think the only disappointment was when he technically lost to Sidious because I think that should have been more of a tie but that's just my opinion I disagree I mean, I when, th- people throw, when people throw whole buildings at you I guess you might tend to lose a little yeah and I actually think <laughs> it was very important for Sidious to win that because it shows the power that someone is actually more powerful than Yoda okay well, I, I can see the point well also he's willing to do more things too like that's the difference between the dark and the light is Sidious was like all hold are I'm gonna do whatever it takes, and I mean Yoda was still playing fair, and that's actually one of my favorite moments, and I think I've said this before. No, it's a great moment, just because yeah. just because of the actual like not just Star Wars um, uh, lore, but I think it's the destruction of democracy, the destruction oh, like the of visual, the Senate, the, the visual justification. You're right. Yeah. I see that. Like yeah, I've, always, I've always loved that. I, wrote, I, th- I think I've said this story. I wrote a paper in college in a film class about that scene and how that scene correlates with the destruction of the of the republic and the rise of the empire just because the senate is destroyed physically it just works so go ahead yeah go ahead right i'm loving ryan's list so far yeah a lot of good ones and number two watu or wado i forget how you say it oh good one yep i don't you don't like his wings is that what it is slave driving motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) And my two best, I have I cheated and have a tie because I don't believe you can't have one without the other. Chewie and Han. Oh, that's a good that's a good one. 
I know you get two movies with just Chewy, but it's not the same. Um, well, all right. Hold, and, hold your ones. Leo, what do yeah, you know? I was just going to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Elaborate more on Chewie and Han. Uh, you know, like that move. I, like I said, I just watched Rise of Skywalker. And that moment, the two moments where one, Chewie's just sitting there like, I lost everybody now. But then Maz gives him the medal. Like you have two different teary moments for Chewie. It's awesome. And Han's Han. You know what I mean? Like you can't really say much else that you guys didn't say. Nice. Uh, all right, so I guess I'll go my, my five worst. Yes. Uh, so at this point, it's the minute I see this person, I want to turn off the TV and or movie. <laughs> um, number five, Viceroy Gunray. Yes! <laughs> I'm so happy we all have him. <laughs> oh, totally, totally, yes. There's just, yes, dude, yes. It's just, it's just annoying. I just don't want to know more about, the, the, about, about taxes and, and no more. <laughs> um, number five best, and I'm not going to go on a huge rant, but Kylo Ren. Yes, I love you, Leo. I love you. Kylo Ren. I think it's funny, though, Dave. As you were going through your description on why you, you think he's getting so much hate, it reminds me of back back in like the late '90s when Kobe Bryant first joined the NBA. Love that. I love. Everyone like saw him as a cheap version of Jordan, right? Oh, he's just trying to be Jordan. He's just trying to like shoot his jump shot like Jordan, and like, okay, that's that's a that's a good point, right? He might be a cheap version of Darth Vader. But by the end of this arc, you see how great he really was. Like, it's not easy to emulate someone that's iconic. It's not easy to try to live up to that specter of, like, of, of, of legend. And he's dealing with his own emotional things. Uh, I, I've always loved the Kylo Ren look. Aesthetically, he looked really cool. He looked what I would want Darth Vader's next in line to look like. Um, and honestly, if you tell me that, 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 that there's going to be a series that we learn more about what happened in that between time when he's being trained by Luke, I would jump on board right immediately. Like I, I think the email thing is warranted. Uh, and, and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from how much intrigue there is behind what happened to Kylo Ren. And honestly, what, like Leo, do you, and before you move on, do you see who he's related to? You mean like, <laughs> exactly. Like that bloodline is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Before you move on, I've got to say he also gives us what I believe to be the most iconic image of the uh, sequels, where he stops the blaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. That's a great. Yeah, and I think Kylo Ren is definitely he's just, he's just an intriguing character. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I still dig it. I still dig him. If he's on screen, I want to keep watching. Um, on the other side, if Zero the Hut is on screen, <laughs> I want to turn it off. <laughs> And Dave, I mean, not pretty much exactly what you showed. It's one of those, like, poorly executed characters. I mean, look, Clone Wars and the animated series definitely were a little bit troublesome for the fact that they're supposed to be geared to the kids and not only to us. But it works a lot of times. This was just one of the times it just didn't work. <laughs> um, one of the times that, I, that the animated series not only worked, but helped to fix what the movies ruined is my number four in love. And that's Darth Maul. Mm. Um, I love the way he looked in the movies, but he died like in 20 minutes of screen time. Oh, yeah. Um, I've just got to say, why do I get more shit than Leo did? Uh, Because Leo, right after, uh, mentioned that he does have the animated series and it just brought that to my attention. And I, you know, yeah, Darth Darth Maul, if 
if you just put him just in the movies, just like Boba Fett, right? If you just tell me he's on my top five because of what I saw in the movies, that's trash. This character is not fleshed out. There's no arc. There's no words. <laughs> um, but in the animated series, you see what happens after he gets dissected in two. You see his like actual like life. You see more about what what what, what drives him. Like I'm like okay, now this Darth Maul like it lived to my expectations of what that cool one looked like in the movies, and I still want to know more. I still want to know why you didn't rise to power. Um, but yeah, Darth Maul is for to me still intrigues me when I see him on screen after you take the effect the, the events of the animated series. Now, did you mark at that moment in Solo or no? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Definitely. Yeah. I marked. I marked out more because it was the original mall. The original one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Ray Ray Parker, is it? Yeah, or? Ray Parker. Yeah. My uh, my number three worst, and again, this is funny because it's also animated stuff, but it's Commander Fox, <laughs> the the clone commander of the Coruscant Guard. Um, just for the fact that he freaking he kills fives. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I just—he's a terrible, terrible character. He—he's integral to to almost getting Ahsoka killed too. Um, I, I just Commander Fox, no. And my number three best, which is also animated, CT seven five six seven, aka Captain Rex. Oh, Captain Rex, of course. That's a good one. Totally forgot Ooh, about Captain Rex. So beloved, man. There's so much arc with Captain Rex. And it's like he's a clone, man. You're not supposed to even get this much from someone that's a copy of someone else. But Rex is just iconic to me. And when you when you open the door to animated, I knew Rex was going to be top three for me. I love him so much. I would love to see like more information or more stuff about just him. I think Bad Batch might give you an opportunity to see more stuff with him. But yeah, Captain Rex is my number three loved. Uh, my number two, not loved, <laughs> is Rose. Rose Tico, I could I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I felt bad. Now, don't get me wrong. It's nothing about the actress. I don't think the actress did anything wrong. This is literally what happens when when the writing gets impacted by the fanboys, right? Like if you gave her the arc she was supposed to have, or maybe you just like give the, the character a chance. Maybe there was potential there, but they just completely wrote her out of the third movie too. It's like there's, there's, there's nothing there at all. And, like, honestly, yeah, like, the stuff that she does do, I get annoyed at. I see her on screen, I don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, unlike you two, I disagree in the fact that they're different entities. My number two most loved, and that David, we're agreeing on this, is Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker. Okay. Um, so, wait, you did you did best? They're my best. That's okay. my number two most beloved character. Um, okay. Again, if you tie in the arc from the movies blended into the animated series then you see like the ending of darth vader that arc is incredible mm. like finally seeing the hate of sand turn into like this guy that can turn into a jedi the conflicts that he's going through his maturation as a strategic fighter that like, you see him grow in the animated series so that when you the time you get to the transformation like, the movies they land differently um I think that when he becomes Darth Vader, if you if you keep in mind all the Anakin stuff you saw in the animated series, I think that's a little bit more heartbreaking. Um, you're like, damn, this guy became this because of everything. Uh, yeah, I, I I love it. I still and I think it's funny because 
just how you both mentioned that scene in in um in Rogue One, right? That one mm-hmm. little end scene of Rogue One. You see how many people are still geeking out for <laughs> freaking Darth Vader stuff. Yeah. Like Marvel Comics has a Darth Vader comic book because that content still sells. Yeah, this character still sells. Uh, but yeah, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker is my number two. Cool. Uh, I will do my number one then. I follow up. All right, here we go. So to follow up, what you said, Leo, my number one is Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> of course, yeah. uh, you kind of get it. Could have guessed that, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and, and, and you have a valid point there. Like so, the- I, episode one, two, and a half. Because by the when the moment he turns into Darth Vader. I think he becomes a completely different character. Mm-hmm. Everything, his motivation, and you mentioned the Clone Wars, but putting the Clone Wars aside for this discussion, like, as a little boy, he wants to escape slavery. That's a great beginning. And to, be a pilot. And be a pilot. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> beginning to his story. Like, I get it. Like, this little boy and his mom are slaves. He wants to escape that. I get it. It's great. Then we get to the end of Phantom Menace where Homie is like a trained pilot already, it seems, and he takes down like guns, like starships and stuff. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm not digging that too much. Then we get to Hayden Christensen. And then we get to episode two. And then his arc with Padme, his arc with his mother, his arc with... although. Him destroying the Raiders, if they actually showed it, would have been badass. Yeah, which they should have. Because, I mean, it, he is turning to the dark side eventually. Um, I just never loved how much of a... Like, his motives were based on... Fear. F- fear, anger, never really, like, power, which Darth Vader seems to have in 4, 5, 6... And you know it 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 always rubbed me the wrong way that the sand stuff really still fucking bugs me, man. It really does. Like, like I I I don't like, and I I think it's more honestly more on performances than characters as well because Hayden is just so bad in episode two. He um, phones it in, yeah. He definitely phones it in. <laughs> and and then we get to episode three, and then then it turns into the fear of losing Padme. And then the decision making is what really put him at my number one. He goes one minute from knowing that Palpatine is the Emperor, he's the Sith Lord, to wanting to arrest him. And then two seconds later, the Emperor manipulates him to killing Mace Windu. It's just a very sloppy transition. And I've never, never liked it. Even back then, I love Revenge of the Sith as a whole, but that always really bugged me. But the animated series helps to define that, though, because you see how Anakin and the and the Dark Lord are becoming really, really close. Like they become really close in there, like to rival Obi Wan and his bond. So you kind of can see a little bit more of why he was so quick to jump ship. And I will say that scene in Revenge of the Sith is one of my favorite. The one with they're at the the show, like that opera. Yes, the opera. Yeah. And then Sidious is telling him, like, you know, dark the dark side of the forge is a pathway to manipulate some consider it to be unnatural. Like that whole scene is fantastic. I'm actually looking forward to see Hayden back, though. I think he could get mm-hmm. he could have some good redemption here in in the Obi Wan series. And my number one best character in Star Wars is a character that never changes her stripes. She only gets better. 
Princess Leia, Leia Organa, is my number one. And here's my reasons. Without Leia, the Rebellion would have lost long before two droids found that whiny little teenager on Tatooine. Yeah. Despite the upbringing, she used her influence to fight for good. She stood up to Vader and the Empire straight to their faces, not knowing that she had Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. Wait, what do you mean despite her upbringing? Her father was part of the Rebellion. She, but, uh, Her father, Jimmy Smith, Organa, he was, did she came from money yeah she's like she's a, she's supposed to be just like a, a, a rich prissy like she had no reason to get her hands dirty she's yeah i guess what do you mean you guess if you live if perfect example you, you, you watch if you if you're watching like oh right, here's a good example you you both have seen it gossip girl um blair waldorf is a you know she comes from money she's a pris if you come from money you become a spoiled brat who thinks that she deserves everything that comes to her why as you know why would leia want to get her hands dirty coming for where she comes from influence from her dad because she's like her mom um so she stands up to vader not knowing that there's anyone coming she doesn't know obi-wan's coming she doesn't know that Luke is coming. She doesn't know that Han Solo is coming or any droids coming, but she still stands up to Vader. She stands up to Mop Tarkin. She, she um, obviously Carrie Fisher's performance. She saves Luke's on separate occasions. And if Luke had failed Obi-Wan and Yoda, um, they were probably more than happy to train Leia as a Jedi, which she ultimately becomes a Jedi. In the secret trilogy, she's a general. She's a proven tactician. Mm-hmm. She's a brilliant military leader who holds the resistance together when everything is falling apart. Without her, the quintessential meaning of Star Wars is hope. Without Leia, there is no hope. There is only darkness, whininess, and bitchiness. She is the only member of the Skywalker family that is not a whiny bitch. Yes, there is no reason that Leia is not number one. She's the only... St- straight through badass from moment one to the to the moment that she dies don't and i know you're i know ryan's number one but drop mic bitch answer that my person's vader best villain of all time in my opinion um badass especially rogue one scene uh just you know the transition from whiny little bitch to the most powerful one of the most powerful beings in the universe Universe. Can, can I counter? Can I counter that though? He was ever even like you know, he was powerful. He was a you know powerful leader, but he, Vader was actually never even number one in command. No, he was. He was always the henchman to, to, to Palpatine. Palpatine. That's why I said one of. But um, no, but I just always dig the look. You know, yeah, he was always menacing. Back. I will never forget. I had to be, I want to say, eight or five. One of the two. I was Darth Vader for Halloween, and my mom actually had a giant Darth Vader stand-up, so I took a picture in front in front of it. It was awesome. But uh, I'm just, oh, like it, that's what drew me to Star Wars was Vader. So that's why Vader's my number one. All righty. Leo, take us home. Wait, who was your hated number one hated? Oh, sorry, I told my number one hated was Jar Jar Binks. There you go. Okay, cool. 
Misa think Hisa sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my number one hated is also Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Poor Jar. Uh, it's just—I mean, it's funny because like every every week we come on to record the show, and every week we talk about like fanboys, right? And like how some of them are so entitled, and like the Star Wars fan, the fandom in particularly, in particular, can be so freaking toxic. And to bring this community of toxic people <laughs> and everyone agree that Jar Jar is terrible is like. <laughs> Wow, that's an accomplishment, man. That's like, holy cow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree with Ryan. Misa thinks uh, he stinks. Uh, I just, I, yeah, Jar Jar's on screen. I want to turn it off. And uh, Dave, I disagree. There's one other person that was altruistic, intelligent, tactician, Ooh. honorable from beginning can, to end. Can I guess? And, yeah, go for it. Um, Was it Poe Dameron? It is Obi-Wan effing Kenobi. Okay. Cool. I'm with you. I'm with you. Obi-Wan Kenobi, from the beginning, if, and if you, again, you tie everything with the animated series, he's, he's young. He sees his, his, um, his, his Jedi Master killed in front of him when Qui-Gon dies. Doesn't take the bait as far as becoming super vengeful and going to the dark side. Touche. Unlike- Touche. Mm-hmm. Then, then grows and matures into his own Jedi Master to train Anakin. Granted, Anakin dealing choice. with stuff that not by choice, true. But he's also young in himself, right? He's not at the level to be a teacher yet. Mm-hmm. He's still getting over like the death of his own master. But again, doesn't take the bait. Doesn't succumb to the dark side. Still listens to what the Jedi Order is telling him to do. Follows orders. Is arguably the best fighter on the Jedi team when you take out Yoda. Because I think Yoda still might be the best fighter, but I think of the of the of the of the lightsaber fighters. I think it's at, the, at one point or another in the animated series, it's defined that Obi Wan is the best hand to hand fighter. Um, very good. I I like I like your reasoning on here. Um, and the, by the time the arc ends, he didn't get beat by Darth Vader. He lets Darth Vader kill him. He literally dis- he sacrifices himself because he knows what's about to go down. He knows this needs to happen for Luke to take the mantle and for the rest of the of the balance of the order to take effect. He's more about the mission than he is about himself, the definition of altruism and self-sacrifice. I believe that in my eyes, if you give me and that's why I'm so excited to watch the TV series coming out with Disney Plus, that Obi-Wan's character is just the most purely good person throughout the whole series although you make a very amazing debate topic for uh for leia yeah and i want to say that jenny did not pay me to make princess leia my number one <laughs> i i just want to point that out leia is my number one because i have my reasonings for it as i mentioned so I was, sure. I was not paid i was not paid can i just do a quick shout like that i've got an honorable mention i know we were only doing uh the movies and television, but damn, it was an awesome character. Is Star Killer from the Force Unleashed? Just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, nice. and I think I, I had honorable mentions for best characters. I had Fives, I had Ahsoka, Sabine, which is cool because like the dark, the dark, the dark saber that's about to come mm-hmm. into play more, and uh, Ventress. Something about Ventress in the animated series. I just wanted to know more about her. Nice and Grandma Tarkin for me. Honorable mentions. Um... I think that's all I have. I can't think of anyone else. This was dope. All three of us came up with different. Yeah, numbers. I'm glad that we had different number ones. So, 
All righty. So that wraps up this week's episode. Next week, we are going to bring back the draft. Uh, we will be drafting Leo and Ryan will join the first time to draft 2017. I cannot wait to cover that year and to see what draft takes the top spot. Leo has already won the number one spot. Ryan will have the number two and yours truly will be drafting number three. Until then, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.